I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On this episode of Newt's World... My guest today has had a legendary career as a college football coach for 40 years before being elected to the United States Senate to represent the state of Alabama. He first joined me on Newt's World in January 2022, and we had a great conversation about what it was like to go from head coach to the U.S. Senate. He's joining me today to discuss issues he's leading on in the Senate regarding the impact on the new Title IX policies we're going to have on female athletes and his recent decision to implement holds on the Department of Defense due to the military's new abortion rules. So I'm really pleased to welcome back my guest, Senator Coach Tommy Tuberville. Tommy, welcome and thank you for joining me again in Newt's World. Glad to be here again. Just to have people understand how well you understand the Title IX issue, You spent 40 years in higher education as a college football coach. You were at the University of Miami, Texas A&M, head coach at the University of Mississippi, then head coach at Auburn University, where you coached for 11 years. You led the Tigers to five Western Division titles, one SEC championship. And in 2004, you were the national coach of the year. You also had head coaching stops at Texas Tech and Cincinnati. So you've really had a lot of experience in athletics and a lot of experience with Title IX. And when you did retire after the 2016 season, you were one of the top 50 most winning football coaches of all time, which is why our earlier podcast was so much fun talking with you about lessons of coaching and what it's like then to be in the U.S. Senate. Given that background, what's your sense of how the entire Biden administration approach to Title IX is going to affect women in sports? Well, the one thing you didn't mention, Newt, was when I first started coaching, I started coaching girls' sports also, along with men's sports. And that was at the very beginning of Title IX. And it's one of the things that I've seen up here that has really worked in the federal government is Title IX. And a lot of people were for it. A lot of people were against it at that time. But it has done so much for girls and women 
in sports all over our country. It's built leadership. It's built work ethic. It's done the things that boys had the opportunity to do before Title IX. And Title IX, for those that really don't know, just basically made it even for men and women's sports. If you did something for men through the government, you had to do the same thing for women. And my goodness, how that success has really enhanced girls and women all over our country. And look at the leaders we have now. And a lot of it is because of sports. Now, Joe Biden and his administration are attacking Title IX. And there's a lot of people that were for Title IX, Newt, years ago that are attacking it the same way. And for some reason, I don't understand it because what's going on now will really affect Title IX. It's going to tear it up. It's going to tear it from inside out like our country is being destroyed from inside out right now. And we have to get control of this. And this transgender issue, you know, listen, I'm not against it. Whatever you want to be in our country, you be that. But that doesn't give you the opportunity to destroy other people's lives. And that's what's happening through transgender biological boys participating in girls' sports. And it's going to continue to tear it down. And the Biden administration is adamant on taking away the gender of women. And we're going to keep fighting that up here because it's unsafe and it's wrong what they're trying to do. It seems to me that if you're born male, that there are things that happen in terms of testosterone and muscle buildup and what have you. That even if you do go through a sex change operation, you still have enormous advantages over virtually all females. What am I missing here? Well, you're not missing anything. This is just a situation where federal government wants to step in and basically attack gender in this country. Right now, there's some states that have 20 or 30 different genders that you can put on your driver's license. I really don't understand it. There's a man and a woman in our country. It's been that way for thousands of years, but people want to change it. And again, I don't care what people want to think that they are or want to try to change the way that they are to be something else. The problem with this, it would be like saying, okay, we're going to let NFL football players play in a junior high football league. I mean, that's basically what you're doing here. And again, it's not fair. It's not fair to the women and girls in this country that want the opportunity to play sports and to learn from that situation. But they also want, if they're going to participate, they want to have the opportunity to have success. And now that we've got biological boys playing in women's sports, it's going to continue to grow and grow and grow because as of May, obviously Joe Biden and his group are trying to change Title IX where you have to let biological boys play in women's sports. It's going to rip the heart and soul out of this bill and it's going to rip the heart and soul out of young men and women, young women and girls across this country. It's just a shame that we're even having to talk about this. Isn't this also basically a position where when you are dealing with this, they are repealing Title IX for all practical purposes? They're ending the set aside for women to be able to fully participate in sports. Biological men have won 28 women's sports titles since 2003. That just strikes me as totally wrong. What does that say to every woman who is trying to compete in a particular sport to realize that no matter how good they get, that some guy is going to beat them out and that guy is then going to have the women's title? Back when you were coaching girls basketball that first four years, if men had been able to compete, I suspect they would have been the entire basketball team. Exactly. And what you just mentioned about 28 titles in the NCAA, 28 were women's sports some kind of league, some kind of championship was won by a biological boy over the last, what, 14, 15 years. 
And it's going to be more and more if we continue to let this happen. That's not counting the championships that are won in the elementary level, junior high level, the high school level. It's going to be a total takeover of these kids that are transitioning or say they're transitioning to women. It's going to be a total takeover of boys in women's sports. And we can't allow that to happen. We have to allow young girls and women to be able to compete. Now, I see now where some of these girls like the Rapinoe or whatever her name is, this soccer player is all in for transition and all in for these transgender biological boys participate in women's sports. Well, I got news for her. If we'd have done this 25 years ago, we'd have never heard of her. She would not have been able to compete in the sport she competed in and had the success she had if she was going to have to compete against biological men. That had never happened. So she got her success because of Title IX. Now, for some reason, she wants to try to destroy Title IX through transgender boys playing and men playing in women's sports. It's absolutely lunacy. You've introduced the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act, which would preserve Title IX. What would it actually do? Newt, it's going through the House this week. They have pretty much the same bill. And what it does, it pretty much says that if you allow biological boys or men to play in a sport that is funded by federal funds, then you lose that federal funding. We've got to find some way to hold their feet to the fire on this. But as we've seen in this new amendment that Joe Biden and the White House is going to put in starting in May, that they are allowed to play and you can't take federal funding. And if you don't allow them to play, they will take federal funding away from you. And so it's just the opposite. Our bill in the House and our bill in the Senate is just the opposite. You lose your federal funding if you allow biological boys to play in women's sports. And again, their amendment is just the opposite of what we're trying. They are absolutely trying to destroy Title IX, and they say they're not. And they're not trying to destroy Title IX. That's not what they're trying to destroy, gender. They don't want to be any thoughts about there being a gender. They want us to basically have one gender in this country, and that's not what it's supposed to be. This country was built on moral values. It was built on God and our Constitution, and that's what we need to go by. When you say that they're going to change this, do they have the authority under Title IX as it's written for the president to redefine it this way? Well, they don't because we're saying it's not constitutional, but they're trying to do everything. They're trying to go around row Wade. Now that it's gone back to the states, they're trying to circumvent and go around the rule of law and the Constitution to make taxpayers pay for abortions and all those things. So they're trying to take any avenue they possibly can to go around the rule of the law and the moral values of this country to implement their values in the things that they believe in. And that's not what this country was built on. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your other major initiative, which has, I think, shown a great deal of courage on your part. Talk about what's happening at the Defense Department on abortion and why you've taken such a strong position. Well, what happened, Speaker, last, I would say July, we got wind after Roe Wade came down that the military, the Department of Defense, was going to change the abortion policy for our military on their own. And... We couldn't get a briefing from them. They just basically were going to hide it from us and just bring it out and say, here it is. We're going to change it. And so around Thanksgiving this past year, finally, after letter and calls to the Department of Defense and Secretary Austin and his group of minions over there, we finally got them to say, okay, well, we're going to give you a briefing. So they gave us a briefing and it took about 30 minutes. And after about a minute, I'm going, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you're going to change a law in this country without going through Congress. Let's, we can stop right there. Basically what they said, we're going to start allowing more abortions in the military. Now, we already have an abortion policy. And it's if you have rape, incest or harm to the mom, the military has done for years, have done abortions. And that was the policy. That was the policy that was passed down from Congress. But after Roe Wade, they said, well, we're not going to be able to get this through Congress. They might be able to if they tried it, but we're going to implement it ourselves. So now they're basically saying taxpayers are going to have to fund abortions, not only for the military, but also their dependents. And we're going to put them on an airplane and travel them to a state of their choice where they can have an abortion. And my letter 
right after that hearing was to Secretary Austin. And I said, now, listen, I understand what you're trying to do here, but you're trying to change the law. And last I looked, y'all weren't elected to Congress. We were. And that's what we do here in the Capitol. We set laws for the country and for the taxpayers. And you're not going to do this. And if you do, I'm going to put a hold on every flag general, admiral, or even some of your civilian nominees. And you're not going to be able to get them through unless you go through regular order, which would take forever. And so they implemented, I think, February the 8th, they went ahead and implemented this new policy. And when they did that, I implemented my hold on all the flagship officers and across our military. Now, a lot of people are very upset about it, but the taxpayers are not required to pay for abortions in this country. That's basically what the Hyde Amendment says. So they're breaking the law. And so we've got a standoff as we speak, but I'm not budging. And so if they want to get these nominees through, they can take them through regular order, which right now we've got up close to 200 nominations. That would take a long, long time to get them through. But to get them through, that's what they're going to have to do. Or they're going to have to bring the bill to the floor and make people vote on it and see what people, how they vote through each senator and through each congressman and get them on the record of how they're going to vote for taxpayers paying for abortions. I noticed this based on the research you all have been doing that the Department of Defense with the very limited number of abortions that are allowed under current law, when cases of rape, incest, or pregnancies that threaten the life of the mother, the Department of Defense has averaged less than 20 abortions per year. But with this new rule, the estimate is it would go up to 4,100 a year. That's 205 times more abortions paid for by the Defense Department than under current law. So what they're suggesting here is in many ways almost as big, as radical a change as they're attempting in Title IX. And you've stood firmly and blocked it. And I'm curious, what's the response when you're exercising the legitimate power of the Senate to block nominations and to force the president to pay attention? But what has been the reaction in general to you taking such a strong stand? Well, I've gotten a lot of support from all over the country, from my state of Alabama, I've got a lot of support on our side in the Senate and the Republican side. Not 100% yet, but I'm still working on that. But it's the process of which they're doing it, Speaker. It, you know, again, as I said after Roe Wade, they've been looking for any avenue in which to do abortions. Now, the one thing that they did change other than the pain, the taxpayers paying for this abortion is they can do it at any time. It's abortion on demand, in which a majority of the people across the country don't believe in. But 60% of the people... We poll that 60% of the people are behind us across country on this. Taxpayers should not have to fund abortions. It's against the law. But we've got a lot of pushback. The leader of the Senate, which has been very vocal against me, the week before we got out for recess a couple of weeks ago, he started his after our morning talk on the Senate floor about me, about how I was holding up progress in this country. And he went for four days straight just pounding on me. But that's fine, as I told them in a speech on the floor, that when they try to do a CR against me, I said, listen, I've been in coaching for 40 years. I've been called everything already. You can't call me anything new. So come on, bring it on, because I'm standing behind the Constitution and the taxpayers of this country. And I suspect in Alabama, having Schumer attack you is not exactly a hardship. <laughs> One of the things, though, that's kind of a big lie is this argument that what you're doing is unprecedented when, in fact... I think you pointed out in a Wall Street Journal op-ed, which I thought was pretty effectively entitled, The Pentagon Shouldn't Wage Culture War. 
that in fact, historically, the Senate has often indicated that it wants the executive branch to pay attention by holding up promotions, including, I think, and I was really surprised to learn this, on one occasion in 1992, they upheld the promotion and transfer of about 9,000 Navy and Marine officers until they got the attention of the Navy. That is a real impact, and by comparison, what you've done so far is pretty mild. Well, the one thing, too, and you know this, Speaker, that you don't have a lot of power in the Senate when you're in the minority. And since I've been here for two years and going into my third year, we've obviously been in a minority. We have no control of anything. But the power that you do have is you can object and you can put a hold on somebody. And when you do that, now they can get these people voted on, but they have to do it one at a time. For the people listening, right now we do them in groups of 100, 150, 200, and they just kind of pass through committee and they go through just a regular vote, unanimous consent, and they're approved. But when you put a hold on somebody, they can get one through, but they've got to go through regular order, which one at a time they go through committee, and then they come to the floor and people vote on them. And so that's what I'm making them do. I'm making them work. We hadn't done a lot of work up here since January. We've been on vacation more than we've been in the office, but that's because Schumer, the leader of the Senate, is he knows he can't get much done because we have the House control the house because he can't spend any money. And that's all they like to do up here, spend money. It's a unique situation, but we do have some power when we're in a minority. And so I've got a hold on them and they're going to have to find some way to get around this, bring it to a full vote on this new policy. And if it passes, it passes. But I think they're afraid to put their name on this bill, to be honest with you. Then you have to go home and explain to people why you want to use their tax money to pay for abortions. And it just strikes me, it's not part of why we have a Department of Defense. Everything they've done under Biden on trying to create a woke Department of Defense, I think has actually weakened our ability to protect America. I hope we don't have a war with anybody right now, Newt, because they have absolutely tried to bring our military to its knees through all these woke policies. You wouldn't believe the things that they're trying to do and continue to do. American taxpayers don't know anything about. But as I tell Secretary Austin, every time he comes to a posture hearing in front of the Armed Services Committee, you know, I tell him, hey, we don't need a woke military. We need a killing machine. People need to fear us across this world. And they don't fear us anymore because we're more worried about transgender restrooms, about the wokeism that we teach with all of our military. Right after the January 6th, two years ago, the first thing that Secretary Austin did was he put everybody through an white extremism test to make sure that white nationalists weren't in our military, which is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. But That's this administration. Our country is struggling right now. We have got more problems than you can stir with a stick. And it's all caused by this White House of Joe Biden. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And another example of that radicalism, which I'm a little surprised that they're so tone deaf to the American people, but this new proposal by the Environmental Protection Agency that would actually try to force Americans to have two out of every three cars be electric by 2032. I mean, it seems to me that when the country understands that, considering that current gas-powered cars are 93% of all new car sales, so they want to move from 7% to 67% in really a very short time. And of course, the average electric vehicle is $64,000, while the average compact gas-powered car is about 26000 So it really hits the poor and the working Americans hardest. But what's your view of this whole notion that EPA is going to somehow, by bureaucracy, coerce us into buying cars we don't want to buy? It's about total control by the Democrat Party and the far left, this climate agenda that they have with John Kerry running all over the world, preaching the world's coming to an end. You know, since the 1960s, they've predicted something every 10 years is going to happen. They've been dead wrong on all of it, and they're dead wrong on this. This country and this world, Newt, was built on cheap energy, and we've got abundance of fossil fuels in this country and other places. We're actually putting a restraint on everybody in this world by us not going out and fully implementing the fossil fuels we have in this country. But they can't do what they're doing. They know they can't. They're trying to push this agenda where they get to a point. And I saw today, I read something earlier this morning, I get up early and read. John Kerry says, we're going to get this to the point where there's no return. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. 
I went to several car manufacturers a couple of weeks ago, even in my state, and they're transitioning to a huge amount of EV cars. And I said, well, first of all, where are you going to get your batteries from? I mean, who's going to charge these things? I mean, there is no common sense to this, Newt. There is no plan. All their plan is to get everybody under the control of the federal government and force people to go the EV route, which people can't afford it, as you just said. The expense is unbelievable. They're not going to be able to afford to charge it. And we can't make enough electricity for all these things. There's no plan, no common sense. And it's the same thing every day I hear here from this Biden administration and Democrats is we're going to do it for the American people. They're not doing it for the American people. They're doing it for the government. And if we don't stop it, we're going to be in huge trouble. Yeah, I think it's more accurate to say they're doing it to the American people, not for the American people. Your state is a surprisingly big manufacturer of cars, isn't it? We make Mercedes cars. We make Hyundai, Toyota. I was glad to hear one CEO had a little bit of common sense. Toyota's CEO said, you know, I don't believe this is going to work. I mean, we're not going to get off. We're going to build a few EV cars, but we're not going to get into it 40, 50, 60 percent. Ford is building a $3 billion battery plant in southern Tennessee, as we speak. $3 billion. Ford Motor Company, where are they going to get their minerals from? They all come from China. And what do they think is going on over there? They think this is a bed of roses in China right now where we're going to be able to just do and buy anything we want from China. That's not going to happen. We're going to be behind the eight ball. And of course, the very people on the left who want to force you into an electric car are opposed to mining those minerals in the United States. So they want to block us from producing our own minerals while forcing us into buying batteries that use Chinese minerals. And the whole thing is crazy. You recently introduced the Stop Dangerous Sanctuary Cities Act. Can you explain what you're trying to accomplish there? Well, the biggest thing going on right now, and you and I have just talked about a lot of problems, Newt, for the last 20, 25 minutes. The biggest problem in our country right now is the border being open. You can take away China. You listen to President Trump the other day in his speech. He says, everything that's going on, we're going to implode from within. And that is exactly what's going to happen. I've been to the border several times. People from 184 different countries have come across the border. China, Russia, they're not coming here to help us. They're coming to take this country over. And so we've got to stop these cities that are basically on the verge of destruction anyway to continue to allow people coming in there to be on welfare, to be on food stamps, to put them up and spend taxpayers' money. So we're trying to put some pressure on these sanctuary cities where they've got some laws against what they're doing. But they're not going to listen anyway. We can push this all we want, but they're not going to listen to it. But we've got to control our border, Newt. We might just be months away from no return. It's just like the climate hoax that they're pushing on us. We're going to get to the point where what they're doing, there's no way to return back to going back to fossil fuels. Well, same thing with the border. They continue this. There's not going to be any return to normalcy down there. We're going to be out of hand so much that the federal government's just going to have to take over everything. And that's what they want. When the Secretary of Homeland Security testifies, with a straight face, he says the border is under control. How can he say something that's that patently dishonest? They can't tell the truth. The entire White House, you listen to this young girl, they get up there giving briefings every day from the White House. She just makes her own stuff up. They can't tell the truth. They really can't. Nothing that they're doing is for the American people. It's for big government. Nothing that they're doing is to help educate our kids and give kids an opportunity that you and I had growing up. Everything is taken away to where it's total control by big government. 
the bureaucracy up here is just tenfold. It's out of hand. We're dead broke. And they want to continue that path to where, again, it says there's no return. That even when we do take over as Republican and as an American group of people up here that wants to run this government, it's going to be impossible to get it turned around. They're trying to dig such a deep hole that we won't be able to fill it up. I still have great faith in the American people, and I think that they're going to support the kind of things you're doing. And across the board, what you're doing is applying common practical sense against a very radical extremist agenda that the other side is trying to push through no matter what. And I think, frankly, leaders like you are making a difference by having the courage to stand and fight and to draw a line in the sand. And I agree with you. I think on some of these issues, they really don't want to be recorded on the other side. But they realize that back home, some of the stuff is so unpopular that it's going to become toxic to their re-election opportunities. I want to thank you for joining me. It's fascinating to watch you because you had such a decisive career as a head coach. You know so much about making decisions and living with them, about having crowds that applaud one week and yell at you the next week and just doing your job despite it. And I think that's really served you well in the Senate. I think it's allowed you to focus on what matters and to not be too bounced around by the normal challenges of politics. I want to wish you well, but I also think that uh, the people of Alabama did a great thing in sending you to the Senate. And I think you're going to be one of those senators who makes a difference by having the courage to stand up and fight. So I really appreciate your taking the time to share with us what you're currently up to. Well, thank you, Speaker. And it's great to be on again, but we work for the American people. I think sometimes people up here forget that. We got to build more jobs. We got to protect jobs and we got to give people an education to where they can live a great life. And right now, this federal government wants people not to have a good education, not to have jobs, but work for the government in terms of taking a paycheck. And if we don't stop that, we're going to end up just like a lot of these socialist countries across the big pond. And we do not want that. We want to be an American country that's got freedom and has the rights to do whatever you want to do and achieve whatever you want to achieve and can achieve. I couldn't agree with you more. And I really appreciate your taking the time to share those thoughts with us. Thank you to my guest, Senator Coach Tommy Tuberville. You can learn more about Coach Tuberville's work in the U.S. Senate on our show page at newsworld.com. Newsworld is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newsworld, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcast and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at Gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.